Hey everyone, welcome to Flavor Country. This podcast is simply two best friends getting vulnerable and exploring the cosmos together. We're going to talk about masturbating. We're going to talk about Star Wars. We're going to talk about doing drugs. Most important thing is we're just going to talk about our experience here in life and we want you to come along and join us. Nothing that we say should be taken seriously and is not medical, psychological, or athletic advice. You're now in flavor country. Welcome. Because like really, truly it is, it's just like fucking deathbed, Doug, deathbed, Mike, Mm -hmm. what what, what, we, we gotta do, we gotta, we gotta like partake in life. Like we have to be active participants. We can't be sitting here going like, well, I'm beholden. I, I am a, I am a, um, like literally I am a servant to the people around me so that I can might please them. It's like when I'm laying on my deathbed, I'm not going to think, wow, I was such a good servant to everyone around me and their whims and likes and needs. And I never got to fulfill my needs, but you know what? That's what it means to be selfless and Christ-like. It's like bull fucking shit. Dude, you started this out. I mean, we've been talking for a while, obviously, but like, Talking about exactly what I wanted to talk about today. Yes. What I've been wanting to talk about since, I mean, I was telling you about my, I actually had a literal come to Jesus moment, like two weeks ago. I mean, literal, I mean, I, you know, people say literal, but like kind of literal. (laughs) I mean, as literal, like, listen, Hey, when you're talking about Jesus, unless you were one of the homies that was like running around the sea of Galilee and like eating the fish and bread and all that kind of stuff. Like, unless you were actually there, like, using the word literal is just sort of like symbolic of like commitment. It's symbolic of uh, the depth of an experience. So like anyone in any sort of form of Christianity talking about like their literal relationship with Jesus, it's just as much bullshit as what you're about to say, which means it's just as true and meaningful and valuable to them as what you're about to say is to you and therefore fucking literal. So I take it, dog. I'm down. Literal. It, Let's do this. It was like this this moment where it's like come to Christ. Like, you know, that uh the come to Jesus moment. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm coming to Jesus. Like um mm. and I was like, I finally get what Doug's talking about here with Jesus. Jesus is my homeboy, yeah. I've had a very complicated relationship with Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And um and and by the way, even as we're talking about Jesus, I don't know if the motherfucker was like a real dude or if he really, if it was, he was a real dude and then, uh, like a normal dude. And then his, uh, tail just grew over time. I don't know if he was here and was the son of God. And I also don't know if it's all fiction or, or, or part of a mythology that's similar to other mythologies about the divine child. And it's all psychological, but whatever it is, I'm loving Jesus. (laughs) Dude, honestly, I want to hear your come to Jesus story, but I want to clarify a couple of things that you just said real quick, just to like, just to like placate the, the pragmatist in me, if that's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So like for sure, there was a pretty spiritual teacher dude named Josh at some point 2000 years ago, right? For sure. And we yeah, call I, him, I, I guess so. I haven't, I haven't looked at the data. I don't, I don't know. My, well, my, sure. my, my conception of Jesus is all about, is all from that Mormon perspective. And I haven't researched him since because when I left Mormonism, I was like, fuck you. Well, but what I'm saying is like, like, like it's a statistical certainty that there was a Hebrew yeah. called Joshua. Like, like that's just the way it goes, man. It's just like oh, saying, I know what you mean. Okay, yeah. it's like saying there's a fucking <laughs> white dude named Mike out there somewhere for sure. Yeah. There's a fucking white guy named Mike. Right. I get what you mean now. I get what you mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so funny. Like, did you, as a kid, did you sort of feel uncomfortable calling like your, uh, 
your Mexican homies that were named Jesus, like, d- did you feel uncomfortable with that? Cause it's like, Oh, that's a sacred name. It's like, no motherfucker. That's not a sacred yeah. name. That's Joshua. That's Jesus. Like that exists in every goddamn language. We just call him Jesus. And we like, Oh, but it's a real, we don't want to take the name of the Lord and made it. If I say Jesus's name and tell him a good job on doing whatever, it's like, I'm in trouble for invoking the name of the Lord. No bullshit. dude. Of course there was a guy named Jesus, Joshua, Jesus, whatever. And he probably did some cool things and made people think like, dude, this guy has some sweet ass teachings. Like, fuck, man, we, we know more about Plato than we know about like actual Jesus. You know what I mean? Like we got more like hard data, historical data about Plato, but cool, mm-hmm. fine, whatever. I'm down for Jesus running around. But then you said like, I don't know if he was the son of God. And it's like, hold up. Okay. Well, what do you mean? Like the Mormon version of him being the son of God is that God raped Mary and therefore had a little baby called Jesus. And I'm like, I'm not down for that. But in the whole concept of like, there's this source and we are all children and connected and we are children of God. And he's the, okay, fine. He was a son of God, but so are you and I, like, so was everybody, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like the, 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 the mysteries and the, and the, and the fucking um, like hallowed ground surrounding Jesus makes him unattainable. And it's like, no, this guy was talking mm-hmm. about cool stuff. This guy was talking about uh, enlightenment. He was talking about being the best version of yourself. He was talking about the human experience. He was talking about everybody getting together and trying to make life easier and better for everybody else. And that's some pretty cool stuff that I can get down for. It's only when we start you know, saying, well, he's unattainable and we can't really talk to him and we have to have a personal relationship with him and he's our older brother and he fucking died on the cross for us. It's like, what, what kind of expectations are we putting on this motherfucker? Okay. I'm sorry. I, that, that word unattainable. Well, thank you for all that. And, but you were saying that word unattainable. I think you're hitting on what was ungraspable for me with Jesus, even as a Mormon. Right. So as a Mormon, he was like this figure who I cried to after I masturbated and then felt guilty. I felt like he was a much softer landing than a heavenly father. God, because right, yeah. heavenly, heavenly father, God was just an asshole and was policing you. And I didn't feel love from Heavenly Father God. But Jesus felt like this, I, I guess almost like a, a Heavenly Mother role, you know, like Jesus the, again, that mother feminine. Vibes. Yeah. But yeah. So, it, it be, and because Mormons don't have Mother Mary even, Jesus is the feminine, or he brings that feminine quality to the, the Godhead. He really does. And so he was the person I could go and cry to. But then I also felt bad that like, you know, by like, poking my dick in a hole my own hole. like i caused i caused holes in his hands you know or whatever like <laughs> what could you say like sticking my dick in a hole in my hand i made holes in his hand you know like, Dude, like think about using those holes in his hands to jerk off to it's like man i mean we could probably lube those things up and get a good out yeah and i did that to him you know what i mean so it's like at the same time i felt a soft landing but i also felt guilty for doing that to him and so leaving the church, then I was like, it all fell down. I didn't believe in anything. But like, you know, in this like hippy dippy woo woo community we've been in, there's been a lot of things. Like I went and saw, remember Kimber, who we had a Mormons on Mushrooms and yeah. she, uh, yeah. she did that Akashic record reading and she did it for me individually. And she said, Yeshua is at the center of your charts. You should wake up every morning and say, uh, and, and give love to Yeshua you know, or ask, ask his love to come through your heart. And I was like, man, this is just sounding patriarchal. Like you hated that. What is it? Patriarchal blessing vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know what? I, I, it just felt too, and I couldn't connect to him because I have this image in my mind of someone who's unattainable. And then who also sacrificed himself for like it. It's almost like I'm done sacrificing myself. I'm done with that. So why would I have a figure who was the lamb of God, the sacrifice, who sacrificed his life for mankind. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I haven't really connected with, with him until two weeks ago. Dude, you got to tell the story about connecting with Jesus. Like come unto Christ. Let's do this. Well, so let me walk you through my thought process. So I'm doing this thing. So, you know, me, I'll like, I'll an active imagination, something I do at night An active imagination is that practice of like, you just close your eyes and you go on an adventure. And sometimes figures come up to you. It's this notion of, you know, as we started out talking about Jesus, whether or not he was quote unquote real, he is a real figure in the psyches of 
billions of people. Maybe, maybe at, at, from an archetypal perspective, he's been the, the biggest archetype right. in, in history as far as the number of people. Because, you know, 2000 years ago, we didn't have 7 billion people on the planet. Right. And I know I'm, I'm, and there's got maybe Asia, I don't know, but he's, he's in there, right? Like, so, so, certainly, I mean, you, you include, um, you know, you include like the, the, uh, um, Muhammad and you, you include the Buddha, like, of course there are some major figures, but like, especially out here in Western civilization, Jesus is the, is the, is number one, a, yeah. and he's on the all-star team for sure. Of like, oh, the he's world. first team, <laughs> like he's first team, first pick he's Jesus. Of course we're taking well, Jesus first. The aliens have arrived. Yeah. What do we need on our team? Jesus. <laughs> So this notion of psychic reality, that when you dreamed a dream, you, your psyche went through an experience just like it went through an experience in this life. He is a psychic reality and has been for billions of people. Yep. And so um, same thing with, you know, act, you go into active imagination and you're, you're experiencing your psyche and things that happen to you are real for your psyche. And, and I cycle through, especially when I've had a little bit of weed. I'll cycle through emotions as if they were happening to me in real life. Like I'll, you know, I'll, I'll feel intense fear and it's almost like a bear's in the room or if it, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm experiencing all these emotions. Well, sometimes I'll do this act of imagination to kind of get the root of like a, something. If someone's really triggering me um, in either a positive or a negative way, it's like, what am I feeling? Let's kind of get to the source of the trigger, see what my soul is wanting. Because if it's like a jealousy aspect, there's, there's something in that person or something that your soul is wanting. And so you're feeling that jealous feeling, you know, that projection. Um, and if you're really in love with someone, it's like, or infatuated, it's like, I want that. I want that aspect. I, I have that aspect. I don't recognize it. I projected it out. And now, and now like, what, what's my soul wanting? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going through this thought exercise and I landed on this thing that like, man, I would love to like, it was getting back into like Mormon missionary vibes mm -hmm. of like, I would love to be seen by a lot of people. And through me, people kind of wake up to their authentic self in a way. Right. So like I'm doing good, but I'm also being seen and doing what I'm, I want to do. So if we talk about like writing music or being on the podcast or like being, having a lot of people see me and change their life for the better. So it's like a little bit, I'm like, holy shit, this is like a, this is a savior complex. This is a Mormon missionary complex, but it's also a sa it's a savior complex. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Mormon missionary complex and savior complex is one and the same. And so I was like, damn. And I was feeling that I'm like, I have a huge savior complex. Like, and I knew I did, but it like really hit me in that moment. And I was oh, feeling I it hard. Um, but then I was like, and you, you'll, I think you'll get a kick out of this part. So I was like, but wait, no, it's different from a savior complex because it's like, I don't want to be the man. I want people to see me, but then like have that turn up to themselves. Like as the, I'm like the Mormon missionary complex is I want people to see me, but give the church the glory, right? Dude, let not the glory be mine, but thine. <laughs> Right. And those exact words came to my mind as I was going through this thing. I'm so glad. They, I was like, oh yeah, that's, a, that's exactly a savior complex. That's exact. That's, that's the whole thing. Like Jesus, was, at, least, at least Mormon Jesus. Yeah. Uh, according sure, to Mormon yeah. Jesus, that's the whole thing is like, Hey God, I want all of the glory to go to you. And God's like, okay, well, you know what? Then I choose you because you're wanting all the glory to go to me. Meanwhile, this other dude, is wanting everyone to return to me and he wants all the credit. So I'm going with Jesus because Jesus wants yeah. me to take all the credit. And it's like, okay, Jesus, go ahead. We're going to, we're going to put your name on the side of all the buildings and we're going to name the fucking thing after yeah. you. And you're going to be the main character of the thing. And everybody's going to know about you. And I'm also, I don't want everybody to return to me. Instead, I want some fucking violent porn that I can jerk off to. I want you to be, <laughs> I want you to be bleeding from every pore in the garden of Gethsemane. And I want you to be like whipped you know, that, like the slow motion whipping in the Lamb of God. And there's like, oh, look at these little pieces of bone and glass that are in the whip. It's terrible. And they, oh, look at the crown of thorns. And, oh, we better put him up on the cross. And not a, it's not enough. Most people, they just tied him up to the cross, but not Jesus. They fucking nailed him to that cross twice over. Like, this is like, why are we so, why are we so addicted to this guy's suffering for Pete's sake? <laughs> I can be loving this conversation more. I know, man. I'm a little intense right now because I've had a rough day. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, bring the intensity because I'm feeling it. And um, 
so something unlocked for me when you were saying that. I think this is, it might not be a uniquely Mormon savior complex, but in intensity wise, it kind of is a Mormon savior complex because you think of other Christians and the way the Mormons conceive the Godhead as three distinct beings. And if you think of it as the Godhead as a Trinity and they're all one, then like God and Jesus are the same. And so even if you're giving Jesus the glory, you're still giving God the glory. So it's the glory be to God kind of way, way right? right? But in the Mormon one, no, it's like, no, it, Jesus is the one who always points to the Father. Yeah, and that's kind of almost, it's like at least at this, this scale of Mormonism is kind of more Mormon, more uniquely Mormon, I guess. Well, it's so weird too, because it's like, I'm having this thought as we're speaking right now, but like in a lot of Christianity, it's like, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? It's almost like accepting the terms and conditions on your new iPhone. It's like, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but like I accept. And it's like, okay, now you have access to your iPhone. Now that does not prevent people from being crazy, weird, you know, cult people about their iPhones. Like, oh, iPhone's the only way to go. And people who have Androids are fucking dumb. And like, I won't even... It's like, I get it. Like, okay, everyone's like really big on their iPhone, but all you did was accept the terms and conditions. You didn't read the thing. You didn't read the whole thing that was like, oh, well, geez, what does that even mean? Is it, but in Mormonism, it's like, no, you have to memorize the terms and conditions and you have to show your fealty to iPhone. Right? And if you deviate from those, there's a whole like ward of people who will call you out on it. And oh, like, yeah. You're, you're, and they're going to take away you, your you iPhone. Part, yeah. You know? We agree to those terms and conditions every time we like renew our temple recommend. Every time and, we take the sacrament. And, yeah. It's like, are you living by, are you living by these terms and conditions? <laughs> it's like once yeah. a week. Can you imagine if your phone updated its iOS once a week, you'd be like this piece of shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> every week you have to re-agree to the terms and conditions. Oh, fine. I, I agree. <laughs> well, our records show that you haven't fucking been to you haven't been to an Apple store for a while. You need to go and get your Apple watch and you need, you need to download such and such app. It's like, geez, I just want to make a fucking call and text my friends. So anyway, I am reading. <laughs> so I'm feeling, so I'm like, holy shit, I've got a, not only have I a savior complex, but I have an intense Mormon savior complex. And then this is where I started waking up to Jesus is because I said, but what I want is different. I'm not talking about sacrificing my life. I'm talking about doing what I love doing. I'm talking about like the flavor country vibes we talked about in that last episode of being in a space with people I love around a fire, singing songs and like channeling ghosts or whatever we were doing, channeling like ancient beings and like crying and screaming and laughing and shouting. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want to do that. And I was like, that's different from Jesus. Or, or is it? Exactly. So then all of a sudden this thought came to me. I'm like, oh, so what I want to be doing is going around. I, I, I want to be going around uh, with my friends, like uh, exploring the nature of consciousness, taking fun drugs, uh, playing music and having a good time. And I'm like, holy shit, like Jesus. <laughs> Just like the stories of Jesus in the New Testament. Exactly like Jesus. I want to be, I'm trying to be like Jesus. That is, it's kind of like, oh, by the way, you guys, I'm going to go do my own thing. Come join me. Come join me. That's all, that's all I want to do. And then it's like, well, what about him fasting 40 days, 40 nights in the desert? And I'm like, oh, like a, like a vision quest. (laughs) I mean, uh, yes, sign me up. Like go. Oh, a vision quest where he sees his shadow he he wrestles with his demons and his shadow and and is tempted by them and stares him in the face and says no i'm i'm bigger than that like i'm bigger than my shadow and incorporates his shadow yeah sign me up that's what i mean that's what i've done in i mean not to that degree but during the ayahuasca ceremony sure yeah, yeah. and speaking of ayahuasca ceremonies sorry because it's like Cause you could say like, well, what about Jesus? He bled from every pore and agonized for the sins of mankind. And I was like, oh, you mean like me, like puking and purging some sort of ancestral shit that I don't know what it is and feeling sad because I don't know why, because of something happened to me, uh, in my past or maybe some ancestral trauma that's passed down that now I'm feeling. And you know what? I actually kind of like feeling it. Like I like it when I get in there and I'm in an intense medicine experience and I'm weeping 
and it feels so good to cry and to get it out. I'm like, or being in that drum circle and banging the drum and like screaming and screaming out something. Not only am I feeling it, but I kind of love it. <laughs> right. Oh my yeah. God, Mike. Dude, that's leveling so, up right there, dog. I mean, so let, just, let's, let's, yeah. let's talk more about Jesus. Like he, like along comes Jesus mm-hmm. and he's got all this pressure. Like we make a big old deal about him following in his uh, stepdad's footsteps. His dad, his stepdad's got this pretty, we say carpenter, but he's probably, he's probably a stonemason, like according to historical accuracies, right? Like, By the way, we're calling this guy, we're calling him Flavor Country Jesus right here. Oh, it's Flavor I mean, Country which, Jesus. We got a picture of the, him. Which is the one true Jesus. Yeah. Right. Or, <laughs> yeah. or any, any color you like, any fucking Jesus you like, any Jesus you like is cool, man. But that's why he makes it. And that's why he's the number one, the Jesus, because you're making him what you want to make him. Yeah. It's he's like, like honestly, yeah. like I love Korean. Have you seen Korean Jesus? He's like ripped. Like Korean <laughs> Jesus is like a bodybuilder and he's like, he's like, posing like he's actually in a bodybuilding competition and you're like korea jesus is cool man he's kind of greased up and looking good but like any jesus you want is cool. Oh, I, my favorite jesus though is the the modern mormon jesus with all all the new painters now who paint this chiseled like oh yeah oh, he just keeps getting he keeps getting better and better looking with each generation dude he's got those yeah. like you know those like cut like cum dumpster fucking usher muscles along his like like hips leading down to his growing he looks so good you're like god damn jesus is sexy as fuck no wonder people fall in love with jesus he's sexy as fuck not only is he amazingly good looking and built like a fucking tank he also says all the right things he's always supportive he's always on your side he's always thinking that you know what don't worry about it i got you of course, everyone falls in love with him. Who wouldn't fall in love with that guy? Come drop your nets. I'll make you fishers of men. Well, okay. If he's just to catch you. <laughs> wandering along the beach and he's like, hey, do you guys want to hang? Like, you don't have to fish. You can just come hang with me and we'll like chill. And they're like, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. No, wait. First, he pulled the locks back from his hair. Oh, he's like blowing them back. And the sunset is just like glistening off of his it's like, like blonde. I will give you the bread of life and the water for days. And they're like, oh, this guy is fucking cool. Like I've met people like that where I'm like, I want to follow that guy. I mean, meanwhile, all the like religious homies are like, hey, Jesus, you think you're so cool. Then why are you hanging out with these tax collectors and these publicans and these prostitutes? And he's like, they're cool. They're my friends. What are you talking about? Doesn't everybody deserve some to have someone? In their life that like loves them and supports them. And the the Sadducees and the Pharisees are like, no bullshit. You can't hang out with anybody. And and Jesus is like, I feel like I can hang out with whoever I want to hang out with. And they're like, well, not on our watch. And then another dude's like, well, I want to hang out with you too, Jesus. And he's like, cool, come hang out with me. What's the problem? And he's like, well, I'm rich. I'm a rich young ruler. And Jesus is like, oh, okay. He shrugs. And he's like, well, then fucking get rid of your shit. Come follow me. And the guy's like, well, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Oh man, I'm just loving this hard. Um, Jesus is such a cool cat, man. I love him. I, anyway, I, before you get back to your story, I just want to say, remember we were going to do that whole road to the final Jesus thing? I yeah. think we announce it right now. And for next March, we're going to do a whole road to the final Jesus where we, we settle on the best Jesus. How about send us your favorite Jesus? Yeah. Who's your favorite? And actually Jesus? send us, send us your, like a picture of who you think your flavor country Jesus. Yeah. Is. Send us a picture of flavor country Jesus. Dude, I'm so excited to see where we're going to go. I am too, man. I hope someone listens to this and is like, dude, I got some Jesuses on the mind. I have, I have multiple Jesus. Like, wow. What story? By the way, where I, I interrupted I interrupted you. I had no you story. You told about. me I was going to come back to some story. All I've been doing is hype man in the Jesus campaign. You were going with someone that you were talking about. Jesus, uh, he was with this carpenter, stonemason father. That's just and- part of my shtick. I was just like, yeah, he turned away from his dad's profession he's like i don't want to be i don't want to be a stonemason or a carpenter this this back-breaking work somebody else can do it i just want to go chill with my homies and there and and everybody's like he better be a good teacher then (laughs) i mean (laughs) (laughs) so he sacrificed the idea of what his life should be right he sacrificed his life but only the life that everybody else wanted him to lead he sacrificed the idea of what it meant to be a man what it meant to be a rabbi what it meant to be um, spiritually enlightened. He sacrificed all that shit for some real shit. And it's like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. W- what's the big deal then? 
I imagine. So he's lived his first 30 years of his life. We don't know much about it other than when he was like 12, he like went to, he got lost and confounded people. He was, he was a smart, precocious kid. (laughs) That's all we kind of know about him. And then all of a sudden jumps, hop, skipping a jump to 30 years old. Yeah. When he's finally like, you know what? I'm going to live my adventure. I've heard the call to adventure. I'm going to go live it. And I'm going to walk away from my business, from uh, society, from potentially having a role, like a, a, be a rabbi or be some person in the community or really respected person. I'm going to just walk away from it all and come follow me. Let's go, let's go live in, let's go live in flavor country. Dude. It's kind of like that thing of like, um, I think I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to talk about this. Cause like, I feel like give Jesus a chance, man. I'm not trying to get anybody going down the Christian tip and I'm not trying to get anybody quit their job and follow Jesus. But I'm just saying like the same way that fucking Atticus Finch can be an inspiration from To Kill a Mockingbird, the same way that Superman can be a, an inspiration, the way, the same way that Oscar Schindler, who was a real person, it, it can be a, 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 an inspiration. Uh, Rosa Parks, fucking Emily, like whoever, whoever is an inspiration, like Jesus can be an inspiration without having to become this weird bow before him to confess your masturbatory stories deity he doesn't have to be that he can just be like a guy that was like hey listen i think that your life should be what you want it to be and you don't have to listen to what everybody else has to say about your life i think that's what jesus can be if you want him i think that's also the difference between inspiring people and influencing people right so like i think for example the church wants to influence people Mm. It doesn't want to inspire. No. And so in order to influence, you have to have someone that they will, you have to, you have to stir up that guilt, shame. You have to stir up something else. And so now, now you've co-opted this figure and made him into, oh, he sacrificed his life. He became like, so you need to do the same. And by the way, sacrificing your life also means sacrificing to us, you know, because right. we're, we're him. Um, it, it, power. Then, like, yeah. And so it, power and influence versus inspiring yeah. i mean look what taylor swift's doing right now yeah like she is inspiring a look at what the barbie movie's fucking doing right now man it's yeah. like inspiring a nation over a weekend and it's in a fun silly i saw it last night it's funny fun silly great time we, we should talk about it sometime on the podcast why don't we talk about it right really? now like tell me more well, about the barbie movie yeah i just want to spoil it for you or others but like oh. it's a moment and it's and just like it's i think you have these cultural moments that define things at least for a while, you know, for Jesus, it's defined things for 2000 years for star Wars. It's defined things for a generation for Taylor Swift. She is changing how many 12 year old girls are just having their lives changed right now. There's a trajectory that it was before I went to that Taylor Swift concert and after. Right. Yeah. For a lot of people. And, and, and to my knowledge, Taylor Swift is not asking a lot of people like as far as like, having power over them. Maybe she is. I don't know. She, she casts a pretty big net. She casts a pretty big spell, but to my knowledge, you know, this, before you even talk about the Barbie movie, can I talk about someone? I mean, can I talk as someone who has not seen the Barbie movie? Yeah, please. Yeah. So the big thing please. is Barbenheimer, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> Which I found out like last week from my 14 uh, year old, 16 year old. He's 16 now. Shit. Jeez, my 16 year old. 16. <laughs> Holy shit. No, yeah, he's 16. Okay. I, for some reason, I'm like, maybe he's 17. <laughs> no, I think, he, I think he's 16 because mine he is 14. 16. Yeah. So, so Barbenheimer is the, the, the simultaneous release of the Barbie movie and the Oppenheimer movie, the story of the, atom, the creation of the atom bomb. And I don't know what circles you're in, Mike, and I don't know what, where you get your news from. But what I have noticed is that the topic of conversation in the political world is about the Barbie movie. Like, oh, the Barbie movie is empowering women and telling men they're no good in the patriarchy. And I'm, I have an opinion about it. Like, everybody's like, I got an opinion about Barbie. Whether it's like I'm pro Barbie or I'm anti Barbie. Everybody, everybody's got a fucking opinion about it. Like everybody's got to turn it into this thing that's like women empowerment. Is it good or bad? Well, what's the, what's the meaning of this? Meanwhile, the same weekend that we're talking about and, and also is just getting huge rave reviews is the movie Oppenheimer about the guy who fucking invented the biggest device of human destruction in the history of mankind. 
I've seen no political discourse about the concept of war and the concept of violence and the concept of the way that we wield the power as nations or as, as, as geographical sort of like locations, how we wield power. All I've seen is Barbie makes fun of men. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So what? So, okay. You can't, you can't be made fun of a little bit. How big of a fucking snowflake are you? Like, okay, men. Okay. Um, people who are feeling uh, uh, attacked by a Barbie. Do, do you, are, are you that weak willed? Are you that weak spirited? Are you that big of a fucking pansy that you can't have a movie that exists? That's like poking fun at the way men sort of like, like act, grow the hell up and shut yeah. your goddamn mouth. It's enough. It's enough. Talk about the atomic bomb. Talk about the thing that's killed hundreds of thousands of people. You fucking superficial dipshit. Sorry, Mike, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to those that would govern us. It's interesting that this, it shows almost this trickster element of this whole thing. Um, Cause thinking of it from a psychological perspective, you think of splitting the atom and you think of like the separation from your, the ego and the self, right. And the ego of I am this, I am this, but no, this or disconnection from that we've suffered in the Western world from the Cartesian split of mm. mind over body, mm. the, um, the patriarchy, the, the split, the, the subjugation and oppression of the feminine, which is the wild and the unknown for in an attempt to control nature. We try to control women just like we try to control the forests and the, the weather. Yeah. Um, and how much in that moment of the creation of the atom bomb in its very synchronistic way, it reflects the collective psyche and how much we've split now from matter, from earth, from our bodies and, and the superiority of the mind, right? So you have a, a movie reflecting that, which I can't wait to fucking see. I am. It's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pumped to see it. Um, I mean, I, I, I do love Christopher Nolan. I, he's had some mishaps, but like I do, I, I do love him. I love Christopher yeah. Nolan. I love Stephen Murphy. Why. I love Matt Damon. Dude, I can't wait to see Oppenheimer. I like almost like apologize for liking Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I, I love Florence Pugh. Like, listen, what are we talking about? I love everything Christopher Nolan has ever done. I love Tenet. Nobody loves Tenet. I love Tenet. <laughs> anyway, I'm fucking excited for it. Um, and then you have a movie that in a very profound, but also humorous way. Um, and, and it does a very good job at balancing the two. And also like a shot in the face type of way, highlighting the ramifications that, especially women, but even men, that society has faced because of that separation mm. and because of the, patriarch, the patriarchy, which is also a reflection of our separation from mind being the masculine or the, the young and the body, the earth being the wild, the nature being the yin, feminine. And then that separation, yeah, the, the, how, what we've, uh, the effects of that, mm. and especially with women, and there's some scenes, man, there's a, a scene that, a uh, scene that America Ferrara gives where she, uh, she goes on this diatribe of like, a diatribe monologue, I don't know, she, long speech of how impossible, impossible it is to be a woman nowadays and all the expectations, right? You got to be, I'm, I'm not going to do it justice, but you know, the things like, you have to be pretty, but not too pretty. You have to like be effortlessly thin, beautiful, but, probably, but not too much yeah. makeup. You probably got to be fit, but also not too addicted to yeah. being fit. You probably got to be a boy's boy and a man's man or a man's woman and one of the boys. But also you got to be able to connect with your feminine parts and you got to be able to like uh, bridge that gap. And you also got to be one with your women and you can't do women hate. It's pro I can pro I've not seen this movie or heard about this part, but I'll be you're, you're, you're nailing it. I'll and uh, it's all about that. Shit. And I think the way, and the way she delivers it, I, I actually think she will get a nomination for that scene. Fuck yeah. And I can't fucking wait for it. I think she deserves it. And, uh, um, Barbie deserves it too. She was so good. Dude, Margot Robbie's amazing. She's such a good, you know, it's the funny yeah. thing. I, it's probably, it, it's probably, um, reflective of Margot Robbie because Robbie, because it's like, um, she probably has to walk that line because she is beautiful. She looks like Barbie, but also she's an amazing actress. We almost look past how good of an actress she is. 
because it's like, well, but she's really good. And I saw her boobs one time in the Wolf of Wall Street. And I, it's like, man, what a fucking like Jason Siegel, who's one of my favorite like comedians. He whips his wiener around in a helicopter in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And we all cheer and laugh and think it's funny. And we, he gets movies and, de- and TV deals and he's in How I Met Your Mother. I mean, he's just like this. He's like the, the guy next door. Margot Robbie takes her top off in fucking the Wolf of Wall Street. And she becomes this person who is like, uh, like everyone's got a goddamn opinion about like, oh, yeah, she's a slut. She's a, she, 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 she's too pretty. She's not pretty. There's like a thing going around on the internet right now that people are like, she's not very pretty. I'm like, what in the hell has life become? What are we talking about? Or is they Margot Robbie yeah. not pretty? And people, I mean, Ryan Gosling is in it, right? Ryan Gosling's the most beautiful man I think ex- that exists, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's a good, uh, it's good to put him up like alongside her, but it's just like, all I've heard from this Barbie thing is like, people are like, well, there's a scene where they make fun of men doing, so there's a scene where they make fun of men playing a guitar. And I'm like, well, oh, that's, you're going to fucking love it. I'm going to tell you right now. I've been, a lot, I've, I've been that guy. I've been around a lot of people and it's usually men being like, do you mind if I play a guitar for you guys? It's rarely <laughs> women being like, let me take that guitar and like serenade you. Like it, it rarely happens. And women are like better. Like it's, Oh my God, dude. I You're going to howl. You're going to howl with laughter at that scene. Not just because of everything you just said, but because of how Ryan Gosling performs it. Oh dude. He's you're so gonna good. Just like scream with laughter. Yeah, I, I wish I could see it with you. He is, <laughs> he is so good. Like you think about like drive, um, the, the big short, uh, what was he in the other guys? Like Ryan Gosling is so fucking good. The notebook. I like, I, listen, call me crazy. I, I like the La La Land, man. Yeah. La La Land's one of my favorites. La La Land. Jeez, I forgot about La La Land. Yeah. That too. Man. Oh. Sorry, I've, sorry yeah. I've like disrupted your Barbie story by just going on these huge rants. But like. Well, I feel like, I feel like we talked about what I wanted to in it now. And we can break it down a few of those scenes later if, you know, after you've seen it. But like there was an aspect of. Were we talking about the patriarchy when we. Do you know what brought up the movie? I don't remember what brought her up. I transitioned from Jesus to Barbie. Like I'm not really like two icons. We just are talking icon. Welcome to icon talk with Mike and Doug. It's flavor country, baby. Well, and just like Jesus, you can see how alive Barbie is is in the psyche of American women, especially. Oh yeah. Um, And especially American women who are kind of more our age um, and are taking their, their daughters to it. Um, And, you know, it was interesting because I went with my wife and my daughter and it was interesting their discussion afterwards because my daughter liked it, but even she was saying, she's like, well, mom, were you kind of in that era where like girls couldn't um, do anything in this? And she's like, now, now I'm in the, she's like, I'm in the era where everyone's just shouting at each other. <laughs> Dude, she's so smart. I love you. Yeah. So she's like, she didn't, and, but, but I'm glad she's at least, I mean, in her worldview right now, women are so equal to men. And I know we're nowhere near that, but like, she's seeing like, uh, she's growing, she's growing up in a little more of a, I don't know, like she's growing up differently than Mm -hmm. we were, which I like. And, um, and so it's interesting to see that generational gap, but, um, seeing how alive Barbie is for so many people, especially women. Um, it's kind of cool. And and I guess that compares to Jesus. (laughs) That does. I mean, I, I, I was, I was not kidding when I was like, let's talk about icons. Like, I'm trying to think of, uh, like, I mean, obviously I like to do comparisons, but like, is there a, I mean, because there's, because there's so infinitely more boys toys as far as that kind of thing goes, but can you think of a, a boy's toy that is as iconic as Barbie? No. Me neither. Like no, if I mean, you talk, I've, I've, if you go GI Joe or if you go He-Man or if you like it, that's all, that shit was all sort of like, um, like came in waves. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like by the time well, I was, by the time I was kind of getting like old enough to care, I didn't give a fuck about GI Joe. Like I watched the GI Joe cartoons and I liked snake eyes and I don't, but I like, it wasn't as important, you know, GI Joe wasn't as important as it was to like the generation that's just a, a bit older than me, you know? Yeah. And, and, and she's evolved over time. She's evolved. I mean, the Barbie of, I mean, my mom played with Barbies Yeah. in the, in, you know, in the fifties, um, sixties, whatever, whenever it was, uh, fifties, she, um, yeah. And it shows it at the end, like the, the end credits, they cycle through like different phases of Barbie and you see like how she's changed to become more inclusive. And 
and she's changed with like the women of their like in their time you know she's evolved i love that i i kind of i just i love that like my my daughters you know you were talking about how your daughter didn't have like but my daughters did love barbie i mean they like the the, the barbie movies like barbie movies were a big part of my daughter's like growing up like the you know there's like geez there's infinite barbie movies but they you know they still sing songs from those barbie movies you know and i i got a couple of them rattling around in my head like there's that one that there's a barbie movie that like a cartoon that randomly has martin short as the bad guy do you know the one i'm talking about it's like it's like the princess and the popper or something like that it's like fucking hilarious man but like yeah barbie's an icon i love barbie go barbie i hope the movie breaks all the records i hope it makes more than the marvel and fast and furious and dc movies combined and i hope that it spawns a whole barbie cinematic universe i hope we have barbie ad nauseum that's what i hope i hope so too and um you know just to kind of tie it back to jesus for a little bit before we wrap this thing up i'm so useless today i'm just like I'm like, no, bring me out on stage and start rapping. Like you're the Snoop Dogg and I'm just the guy in the background that's like repeating what you say. No, you're not. What are you talking about? A little bit. Um, a little bit. We, we've gotten so many cool places in this episode. Um, but I, I do want to talk about it in the terms, because it's like how it shifted my childhood vision, version of Jesus. It's, he's, transformed, he's transforming in me now. Mm. This vision of Jesus I've had to someone who's like, I'm just going to do what the fuck I want to do, which is where we started this whole episode is this feeling of like, I've sacrificed so much of myself in my life and maybe people will like it better if I don't. What if I, what if I didn't, what if I, what if the best thing I can do for my kids and my wife and family and coworkers or whatever is just live how I want to live. And yeah, of course we have, all have like obligations and duties and commitments, but like, what if I lived those in a way that felt just more authentic to me or, or, or did things when I wanted to do them or just like, cause I know, cause you're like, oh, you're going to be like selfish. Well, yeah, but selfishly, I also love helping people <laughs> and selfishly. I, I also love take being there with my kids. So not all the time, but a lot of times I, I love like taking i took i love taking care of them i love being the provider the safety that they come to i love setting like the space holding the container for my family i love doing that now it gets burdensome and tiring but it's mostly getting burdensome when i'm not doing what i what i love doing so it's like selfishly i love my family and selfishly i love my friends and so i'm going to be there for them i'm not going to be an asshole and you know what i also like being an asshole sometimes selfishly and i think Maybe we we're, we've been sacrificing too much of ourselves to try to live up to an ideal or, or how we're supposed to. But like, what if sac- our sacrificing really isn't helping any people? We're trying by sacrificing. We're getting to that space where we're trying to influence, not inspire. Right. So maybe we're sacrificing to try to, to in attempt to influence people to get what we want. Right. Wow. Instead of just inspire, living how we want to live and inspiring people, like my jesus like flavor country jesus did dude i honestly that is an amen from me because like you're 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 hitting something for me like you're touching something inside of me because that that selfish word is is a weird like a weird word it's it's like almost like a misnomer like like to be selfish does not change that i love my people that i love i love people in general kind of and that I love, like, I like to be generous and I like to, I like to do things with people and for people and I like to serve. And I, and I, I, I like, like this idea of selfishness does not mean that I'm just like thumbing my nose and flipping the bird to everyone around me and just like gobbling up everything for me and like, you know, elbows out like I'm eating in a fucking prison cafeteria. That's not what, that's not what, like that's in my head. That's what selfishness has sort of like been my whole life is is get mine. That's what I've thought of. Anytime someone's like, you're being selfish. It's like, Oh, that means Doug is like looking out for himself and getting his. And it's like, wait a minute here. What the hell else am I supposed to do? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Get, look at Doug over there getting his meat needs met. Look at, look at, 
Look at that. Look at that sack of shit over there. Like, um, feeling satisfied and fulfilled. What an asshole. What a selfish ass. Like, that's what it's meant to me my whole life. And as you're talking about it right now, I'm like, oh, what is selfish? Like, what is selfish? Like, selfish is just being true to myself, which I think benefits everyone around me because myself is pretty great. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I'm not going to try to murder hundreds of thousands of people with a bomb. I'm not that that's not for me. Selfishness does not include that for me. It doesn't include what's that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like for me, selfishness does not include enslaving uh, hundreds of thousands, millions, even of, uh, of people. Selfishness does not mean um, like imposing my will or my belief system on anybody else. Selfishness has nothing to do with any of that when it comes to how I want to be selfish. Selfishness just has to do with like, Hey Doug, let's check in, buddy. Are you having your needs met? Did you eat today? Are you hydrated? Do you, are you like feeling good about yourself? How's your mental health? Like that's selfishness. Jesus Christ. (laughs) How how are the people you love? Have you connected with them? Not out of obligation, but because, oh, like, I love them. I love them and I want to be with them and I want to see how they're doing. <laughs> it's so crazy, right? Oh my God. And so I think there's an, because, you know, my, my warming up to Jesus happened a few years ago when I got into Jungian psychology. And even though he was still ungrasp, um, ungraspable in a way, I, it's talked about how Christ is a symbol of the self. And by the self, it's the capital S self, which is why sim, like in symbolism, him being born of a virgin is is very symbolic of coming from ourself, like a part of us, the part of us that becomes the divine child that can help us bridge the tension of the opposites until the third wave emerges has to come from ourself. It can't come from anyone else. So it's an immaculate birth that comes from us. Think of it, your creativity, your songs mm. are being birthed from you. Now you have your experiences, but they're coming from you. And and the more it comes from that place, like the more Doug it is, the more Mike it is, it's actually the, the more art it is in a way um and so like symbolically christ being the symbol of the self but the capital s S self not the lowercase s self like like selfish but what if we do the capital like selfish like selfish what does myself want like fill back into that and be like (laughs) yeah well i do want my needs met i do want to have a good time i do want to enjoy life i you know i want to i want to have my own to have my own experiences and do my own things and you know, like, yeah, there's some things I want selfishly, but you know what? I also want to love the people I love and I want to be there for them and I want to provide for them and I want to be a good human and like take care of people and smile at people on the street and like, oh, that's, but that's also really what I want. And so if I'm living like capital, uh, like Jesus, the symbol of the capital S self, like I'm just doing what I want. And saying, come with me, come do what you want too. And if you're, you, what you want is going to be different from I want, but I bet we both want like good vibes <laughs> because, because it's good vibes when we're live, when we're doing what we want. Yeah, man. It's God. I'm like rethinking a lot of things right now in the moment. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm, I'm having like a brain shutdown because I'm just thinking about like, wow, that, you know, your daughter, we talked about your daughter saying that she's being raised in the era where everybody's just shouting at each other. And I've kind of been guilty of that today. Like while we've been talking, I've been shouting people down a little bit, you know, and it's just like, well, hold on a second here. Um, I think everyone is just um, in a, in a toxic relationship with having their needs met or having what they feel safe with taken from them. I think that might be a different way for me to sort of reframe and look at the world is like when I'm hearing people spew what I consider to be just absolute, like, um, like nonsense or, or, or intentionally hurtful nonsense. Maybe I should rethink what I'm, how I'm looking at that and be like, Oh, how is this person maybe like standing up for themselves or, 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 or being protective of what they what they consider to be important to them or how are they being a little bit selfish? Do you know what I, I, I got to think a little bit about that, Mike. This sure. is like really, really um, digging into me a little bit. Thank you. Your relationship well, with Jesus is digging into me a little bit right now. 
I mean, I kind of liking the guy. I kind of like talking to Je- Yeshua a little bit more in this version of Yeshua, man. And it's like, that's why I want to see people, what images people send us of Flavor Country Jesus, because I kind of want to start putting them on, like, on a little part in my wall and making like a Jesus collage. And yeah. like, which one feels more like Jesus for me today, right? And like, uh, but something you said there unlocked something for me. It was like the shouting and like, we're all... I think there's something that ties in with the Barbie movie too. And there's the ending part and not to, this doesn't spoil the movie. I feel like, but I want to talk about it is, you know, Ken, this, this whole tension of the reason why the patriarchy was set up almost is because Ken just wanted Barbie to, to love him. Yeah. And so changing the power dynamic. Right. Um, there's a part where Barbie's like at the end, like you need to find out who Ken is. That's not Ken and Barbie. You need oh. to find out who Ken is. And find out who, in other words, you need to go find out what you want. Because I think sometimes in that capital S selfish, oftentimes we act, we act against that every, all the time, not just because out of like how we should act, but it's because we don't really know what we want, but we've never taken the space to do it because that, that feels selfish or that feel, or, you know, especially as Mormons, we got married young and had kids young. A lot of us. not, not all, but like we grew up too fast, whether we were having, getting married and having kids or whether we, you know, we're going on mission at an early age or whether we were reading our scriptures at 12, whatever, we grew up too young, too fast. And we didn't cultivate that spot that was just ours. And I think that spot is necessary to, to know what that capital S self wants. And so I, I really do believe there's a part of us that like when we lean into and, and act from that space, it not, not only do we love it, but it benefits everyone around us. Just look at the life of Jesus, right? It, it starts benefiting everyone in our circle because we, and we're also enjoying our life more, but we have to figure out what that is. And in order to do that, we also have to take the space for ourselves, to find that out. You know? Does yeah. it sound like I'm preaching now? <laughs> Reach on. I'm I'm a convert of one, baby. Let's do this. This is just what uh Flavor Country Jesus has been teaching me lately. He's a pretty cool dude. God, I love Flavor Country Jesus. Like honestly, that thing, Mike, about you know, I listened to your episode uh with Stephanie about regrets. Mm-hmm. Anger and regrets, I think is what it was about. You know? Yeah. And I'm really I'm really like in it thinking about those things. And I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start even just from this conversation, but I, it's kind of been creeping up on me for a while here. Like I'm ready to start dropping some of that shit. Um, I love that episode, by the way. It was a great episode. I agree with everything you I talked love, about. I love doing it. Yeah. Also, I'm ready to drop some of that shit because it's like, how long can I, continue to use that as my scapegoat how long can i continue to use what i would have done as my scapegoat for what i can do right now you know i've i I, i've done medicine with people like i i i've I've sat in medicine ceremonies i've done retreat i've done drugs with people who are 60 something years old and they're, and they're, they're, they're vibrant and they're awesome and they're young. And they're like, this is the first time I'm, I'm trying this. And this is amazing. And I'm just like, okay. So again, it's like, it's like sort of hammering home the point for me of, I can spend a bunch of time thinking about what could have been thinking about what I wanted to be thinking about what I wanted to do, thinking about what I would have done. Or I can just start doing that shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh man, that just stirred something in me right there. <laughs> right? It goes yeah, back to just... deathbed Mike and deathbed Doug. Mm-hmm. It's like, until you're on deathbed, fucking stop worrying about what has been and what didn't happen and what could have been. Just start doing what can be. We'll do what is. Do, 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 do. Like, and I'm not, anyway, dude, I just want to yeah. clarify. I'm not shitting on, I have regrets. I have anger at the, the, the church and I have anger at the, the life path that I have followed. And I have regrets about things I didn't do. But what I'm trying to say is like, I think I want to hold those with a little bit more love and a little bit more generosity to myself 
And I want to start doing the things uh, instead of pining for the things. That's what I'm talking about. Well, and there's an element which is unlocking in me because it's like, you could easily say, well, yeah, I would like to do those things, but I can't anymore. The church robbed me of that opportunity. I can't. And for many things, I would say that's probably true. You know, and depending on what age you left and depending on what you sacrificed or gave up, there are many things that are dead. They're gone. And I think part of the grief is also being like, okay, yeah, that is gone. I'm not, I feel like I really wanted to experience this and I'm ne- I never will. Okay. But then what do you want to experience right now? You can't experience that anymore. That's gone. But what about right now? What do you want to do right now about it? And if, if right now what you want to do is just scream and cry because of that, great. But like, what do you want to do next? What, or what do you want to do now? Well, just, uh, just keep, I think there's something about asking ourselves that, like, what do I want to do right now? You know? And does that sound, I mean, that sounds. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell a story about, um, Tracy. Real yeah, quick. Please. I think it goes right Tracy along to you. Tracy's our, what? Coach? Therapist? Yeah. I mean, she started out guide? as my therapist. Now she's been coaching. And now it's like, she's my, she's our guide. Guide? Like our, she's our glad reel. Yeah. Um. You've been talking to me about, and it's in totally different context, but I'm applying it here. It's like that thing of like, oh, but there are things that I wanted to do that I cannot do right now. Okay, fair, true. But what is the fantasy of those things? Like what, what is pining after doing those things fulfilling in you right now? Oh, I would have chosen a, I would have gotten drunk in college and I would have been a frat boy or I would have had a lot of sex or I would have not given all my money to the church or I would have like it, the, 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 the list is long and endless and pretty, I think, solid. Um, but okay. What is the, what emotional need are, is fantasizing about those things fulfilling and is there a way to fulfill those fantasies right here and now. Oh, I'd love to have like a lot of premarital sex and dibbity hobbity who and done all that. I'd love to have a two girls at one time, but that's the thing. Like there's all sorts of things that come into the, that, that play. But what is any of that? It's, it's, it's deeper than just like that physical experience. It's maybe it's the feeling of being accepted. Maybe it's the thing, the feeling of being desired. Maybe it's the feeling of, of, of excitement. Maybe it's the feeling of, uh, of, of, of forbidden fruit. Maybe it's naughty. Maybe it's rebellious. Who God, I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth, but what is the feeling that we're seeking? What is the, what, what is the fantasy unlocking inside of us? And we can probably identify that and pursue that instead of sitting there going, man, if only I had drank more bush light when I was 22, it's, fuck, who cares? <laughs> um, and I think there's an, Dude, this is really unlocking something in me right now because if I, if it's still nagging at me, if I can't let something go, then there is something that wants something and it can be satisfied. I just have to, a, a more creative solution will present itself because right now it only thinks it can get it in a certain way and that way is past. Mm. But what it wants, what this part wants, or whatever part is making the noise, wants something that I bet I could fulfill, maybe even in the moment or soon, you know? Yeah. And if it's crying, if it's, if it's acting up that much, it probably means I could fulfill it in the moment, you know, depending on, I don't know. There's something about like, maybe it acts up more when it wants you to act and do the thing that it cries a little harder right before it wants, it gets, it get what, gets what it wants, yeah. right? Yeah, man. Damn. That's pretty fucking man. fun. I needed this discussion today, man. Remember we were like, should we record? And we started out being like, <laughs> yeah. Mike, did you think that we were going to spend one hour talking about Jesus and Barbie and we were going to end in like a, uh, like how to get our needs met and how to, um, 
fulfill the life that we want and how to live the best version of ourselves? Did you think in any way, shape or form when I was whining to you about my life before we started recording, did you think for a minute that this is how we would, what we get into? I didn't. No, no. I mean, I knew that ever, ever since I had that experience with Jesus, I've been wanting to talk about it. But then when it all of a sudden just like came as we moved through, I was like, oh, damn, we're here. Yeah. We're here. And Flavor Country Jesus is arrived. Thank so, you, man, Flavor Country like, Jesus. We love you. Homie. I mean, what, what if there's a world where we're all just doing what we want and inspiring each other to do the same? I live in that world with the people I love most. I don't need a fucking leader or a fucking person to tell me where to be and what to do and how to act. I have friends for doing the shit I want to do. Mike, I pierced my ear. Let's, let's put that on the recording. I'm 43 years old and I got my ear pierced two days ago. So I'm like, by the way, hey, look, I know we're not releasing our video quite yet, but when we do, I can't wait because it looks fucking good. Right? Like, so good. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. For those of you who know what I look like, yes, I kind of look like the bad guy in like a Wayne's world type of thing. Like, like I look like the bad guy TV executive who sells drugs to teenagers at concerts. Like I, I kind of look like that. <laughs> I look like, I look like a middle-aged man going through a midlife crisis. Sure. But you know what? I've always wanted my ear pierced and I fucking have my ear pierced now. I'm pretty pumped about it. But you know what? I'm going to, because if you do look like a man going through a midlife crisis, it's the type that like, damn, I want to go through that type of crisis. <laughs> or damn, I, I want that person to sell things to my, to my underage kids. <laughs> kind of do. You know what I mean? He's going to be pretty responsible about the whole selling drugs to these kids. <laughs> no math, kids. <laughs> no yeah, man. Like right now you're. Can I say right now, you're my image of Flavor Country Jesus. Same, dude. I feel like I kind of look like Flavor Country Jesus. Like, I'm my are, favorite yeah. Flavor Country Jesus. I want everybody else to tell us their favorite Flavor Country Jesus. So, I, I and that's the challenge we're going to leave on this episode with, is I want someone to try to find a Flavor Country Jesus that's better than Doug. If not, Doug gets to crown. So, the, the challenge is to try to dethrone, dethrone Doug. Yeah, take my crown of thorns, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> Flavor Country Jesus doesn't need a crown of thorns. He can have a crown of fucking cotton candy for all I care. That sounds better, man. Just reach up and have no, a pull of cotton candy. Even that. So can we close on this one thing, actually? Please. Because you brought up something that's like, well, if we're talking about Flavor Country Jesus, didn't he end up being sacrificed and killed and flogged and put on a cross? Like, tell me he was doing what he wanted to do then. And I just want to cover something from like a quick psychological perspective. I want to nerd out a little Jungian. <laughs> But Carl Jung talks about the symbolism of the sacrifice, right? Being in, especially the cross. And it's like this tension. And it's kind of what we're talking about. The tension of time versus timelessness in a way. Like, you know, when we trip and we go in that space of like, or you're meditating, you kind of go in the space of like, I mean, it happened to me this last week, week at the Redwoods. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there with the Redwoods. I'm meditating. I'm not on anything. I'm just meditating. And I'm, it's almost like I'm feeling the, the vibe of the trees and they're kind of like, look, we were here long before you, we're, we'll be here long after. You're stepping into like this place of timelessness, which, which is like, you guys are all so cute and all so worried, but like, look, just be. So we have that tension, but then we also have the tension of like, but you know, shit has to get done and we got to feed our family and you know, our kids are growing up and we blink and you know, all of a sudden they're going to be 16 and I'm not going to remember what age they were. I'm going to be whatever they're 14, 16, I don't know. They're going to blink in the blink of an eye. That, that time's going to pass. So yeah, we might be in timelessness, but we're also in time. And I think that's just a cross we have to bear by being living the way we want to live is also being like, I have to feel that tension of time and timelessness because I'm kind of caught in the middle, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the, the sacrifice of Christ at the end. So nice, anyway. dude. Holy shit. Is it okay? Is it okay? I nerded out like that. No, end I'm bit? like, I'm like feeling that deep into my butt right now. Like that, that went all the way down from the top of my head down to my, down to my butthole. Thank you for that. Your root chakra, I penetrated your root chakra. You did. Shot, yeah. yeah, you did. <laughs> all right, buddy. I love you. And I love, I love Jesus I'm trying to be like him. <laughs> I'm following in his ways. <laughs> I'm trying to love like he loved. That's a fucking dope ass song, dude. Trying to love like he did. In all, all that, that I do, 
and say we told people we would not do Mormon shit. And our second episode of Flavor Country is all about Jesus. Mormon Jesus. No, you're welcome. Thank you for coming with us to Flavor Country. If you like what you heard, just uh, give us a five-star review. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, it doesn't matter. Just drop us some, a little love there. And, uh, you know, come with us over to Patreon. We've got so much cool shit there. We've got, we're talking about dreams. We're talking about myths. There's content there that you can download, listen to, whatever you want to do with it. But we have a community kind of forming around Patreon. Come join us. Come, come live in Flavor Country with us because that's what it's all about. Enjoy. Peace. Yes! <laughs>